Welcome to the Early Childhood Intervention Family Voices podcast. Our podcast today is being recorded on the lands of the Jajawaring people, and I wish to acknowledge them as traditional owners. I'd also like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. The Family Voices podcast is a series of conversations with families and professionals. We hope the podcast builds on families' knowledge, skills and confidence when navigating early childhood supports. The podcast is also an opportunity for families to share their individual stories as a family with a child with a disability or developmental delay. This podcast series is brought to you by Early Childhood Intervention Australia, Vic Taz. To learn more about the podcast and our organisation, please visit ekiavic.org.au. Hi, Fiona. Great to be hearing more from you today. Morning, Kerry. This is the second part of a series of podcasts on wellbeing. In the first podcast, you focused on your whole family's wellbeing and the role of early information and education, parent support groups and community connections. Today, we're hearing about your own wellbeing. Previously, Fiona, you talked about the need to feel safe and have people you trusted around you and your family. Our network of friends and family is so important to our health and happiness, isn't it? But I think you were also talking about professional support too. Is that right? Mm. And I think the people who I trusted weren't just friends and family, but they were professionals and it was really important for us to have those professionals in our lives because they taught us so much. Um, You know, we, we had a psychiatrist and we still do, the boys still do, I've had the support of um, the psychologist myself over the years. Um, Mostly my GP has been my go-to for my own mental health and recognising that within that space I think was really important and having Neil tell me when perhaps things might have been going downhill for me was really important. Like a barometer for you? He was. He would tell me when perhaps, you know, do you think you need to go and chat to someone or, you know, some of those basic things that he did. And I I always want to talk about my Saturdays. <laughs> he gave me Saturdays. Um, he used to take put the kids in the car and take them off for a, a day trip somewhere and what he thought was bizarrely I'd clean the house. But <laughs> I'd clean the house and then I'd have about an hour to sit in the piece of a, a tidy house. And that was my sanity for many years early on. That was the one thing that, uh, you know, I looked forward to and that grounded me, I think. Um, so having him was was really important and continues to be really important. Having people I knew that I could talk to or that my kids could talk to was really important. Um, being able to say, why don't we write that down and we'll talk to Professor about that next time we see him was, was amazing because it just took that, you know, off my shoulders. Um, having schools. People I knew that I, again, could trust with the kids and knowing that I had good communication with with a school was really important for me. Um, I've done a lot of funny things. I ended up working there. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Your networks are within the community are, are strong, aren't they? Now that your children are all young adults, is there anything else you'd like to share with us about how you keep wellbeing at the forefront? 
well, Neil and I run away a lot. But <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> you have lovely holidays together. We do have lovely holidays together. But I think, again, now that we're confident that the kids can manage and, and certainly the world's a much smaller place now, so you're never far away. There's always FaceTime or, you know, WhatsApp phone calls if if you're far away. Probably, you know, again, knowing that the kids, I hope, I think, know that they can talk to us at any time about what's worrying them. Um, We've certainly continued to try and support all of our kids to become independent. And we've, I think I'm lucky in that because I work in this space now as well as live in it, um, I've been able to find out about lots of really great supports around. Um, We've made sure the boys especially have kept their mental health at the forefront um, because most times it's it's not autism, it, it's the anxiety that comes along with it or the, the worry that comes along with it that if you can keep that under control then, then that leads to a much better life for them. Um, so we've supported Matt to get a job. He went through Specialstern, which is a lovely company that supports um, autistic adults to, to work. So he he got a fabulous job and moved away from home and he's now bought his own house and he still catches up and calls us and if he's got a worry and then we, we hook him in with whoever we think he needs to be. We, we know that we don't have the answers for everything and it's not appropriate for us to have the answers for everything for him anymore, but we've made sure that he has contacts and places that he can go for that. And as I said, he's hooked into, you know, he's got his personal trainer and that's a really important connection. So he and and your other children have all got that network of people that they trust and the safe spaces around them. Yes. We've sort of come full circle, haven't we? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I think that now that's, you know, that's part of my well-being is still, and it will be forever, you know, when you're a parent, you're a parent forever, is I'm at my best when I know that my kids are well supported, but also that I'm well supported and I, you know, we still check in with each other. This, You know, I, I have mental health issues. I, I have battled with depression and anxiety for most of my life, um, especially my adult life. But I think the network also keeps me going. Helping others is such an an amazing thing. It it helps me. It it gives me the greatest joy to to hear someone say, I'm so glad I came to coffee this morning. It's, you know, it's been wonderful. It it really does. Helping others is amazing for your own well-being. And I think that's what I try and do. It's um, interesting you talk about that is, you you know, we dug into what you meant by building capacity and about how your capacity was built when you were a, a young mum and, and how that's continued over time. And now you're doing that uh, in your work life too and also through the Autism Network, you're building capacity still. Yeah. It's always the first thing I say is, you know, how are you doing? What are you? How are you being supported? And and how can we support you to support your family? Because you know the parents take the load, and if someone's feeling isolated, if they, you know, the, most of those conversations are about, I don't know what to do. It's terrifying if you don't know what to do with your child, and we have to really push through that about 
you know, parent education doesn't mean you're a bad parent. It just means that we didn't have the understanding. It's a different set of skills, parenting a child with additional needs. Um, and it's, yeah, got nothing to do with bad parenting. It's got to do with, okay, well, let's give you the knowledge. And, yeah, that knowledge and capacity is the power and it can it makes such a huge difference. Yeah, thanks for talking about that, Fiona. I think that's really important. It's not about that, is it? It's not about uh, being a bad parent. It's about supporting uh, parents to be the best we can. Yeah, and just, and it, you know, that knowledge and understanding, knowledge is power, <laughs> but when you understand what's going on and why it's going on, that it changes everything. Yeah. yeah. Not knowledge is power. You've used that phrase a few times, and it's interesting you, you say the autism network is about providing families with information so they make, can make good choices, and that's so important for us now in the NDIS world, isn't it, because parents are um, making choices very early on in their child's life, and having a network around to help them make good informed choices is really critical. Yeah, and I think we can be bombarded with so much information about what's good and and what's important and, you know, even the word early intervention now gets really, can put a lot of pressure on families about, oh, I need to do everything and I need to do it right now. And when you can take that away about, no, it's okay, we're still doing things within our family life and, and sometimes, you know, other people's needs have to, to come first. But if you know that you've integrated some good supports into your everyday life, then it's not such a big deal if something gets dropped for a little while so that you can look after yourself. It's not such a big deal if, you know, you didn't pay that much attention at your PSG um, <laughs> at school because you know that in the background there are still things running. You know, if you don't turn up to, to an appointment or something because you can't, then that's okay. And I think that's what I'd like parents to know because I hate the thought of parents feeling lost and and feeling pressure on themselves to to do something and that's when it's external if you're doing something externally then then there is that pressure when it's you know you've built your own capacity okay I know what to do now I can do that and that can wait that can wait for two months that can wait for six months then because I know the things that are happening all yeah. the time we're supporting the kids. And that takes a lot of pressure off families. Mm. As you say, the things that you've integrated into everyday family life, yeah. Is there anything else you would like to share with parents in the, the podcast today, Fiona? I think what's been really important for our family has been understanding and learning and as I said, this space has changed a lot and we're learning, we're still learning, but we, we've done it as a family and I hope that our kids, are, that's how they've been supported because they know that both mum and dad are there um, and they both get it and we both bring such different things to our kids' life and have all the way along. You know, I was very, I took everything very seriously and, and for me myself, I'm a very structured and organised person anyway. So I was like, we, you know, if, if we're doing something, we'll do it this way and this way and this way and we can't, you know, we won't deviate from that at all. Whereas Neil was like, you know, it's okay if we do this today. <laughs> and so he was the more spontaneous one and and. But because the kids were supported, 
they managed through those times. Yeah. They learned that you can be spontaneous, and but they also learned that these things, perhaps when you're not feeling so great, it's good to go back to, to getting things structured. Um, but being on the same page, certainly doing something together as parents was really important. It wouldn't have had nearly as much gravitas me reporting back to Neil <laughs> what I'd been taught. If I had done that parent group on my own, I think it would have been a lot different as well because it was important for him to to get his feelings across too and to learn who to trust and, and what to know. And we will be forever grateful for that information that we were given back then. But I think also, you know, taking time to look at your own mental health as I said, I, I really struggled through probably the first 12 to 18 months of my youngest's life because there was so much happening there. Um, I don't know whether I would or could change that. Maybe that's just the way things are. But certainly by the time that it became evident to me that I wasn't coping, um, reaching out and getting help for that as quickly as possible was um, was really important and it, it certainly has made a big difference in my life and letting other people say to me, hey, you know what, Fiona, perhaps you might need some support um, is really important. But I think it's, you know, for us it, it's been such a lovely journey and we know we have the support of our community. We know we have the support of, you know, people who are really important. I, You know, I still walk into the kids' primary school and I, I just adore that some things have still stuck around, that it was such a lovely place for them to be. Um, and we've been very lucky to, to have a community that supported us and I've been so lucky to have you know, friends who were both professional and who supported me and, you know, allowed me to to follow these kind of dreams that I have and, and supported me through my mental health issues too, you know, knew when to go, okay, you need to go out for a drink. <laughs> yeah. Well, you say you've been lucky and certainly we're um, fortunate to live in a community where there's uh, terrific support around us. But you and Neil were really deliberate in the way that you ensured that your kids were part of the community and the community understood them. It's been great to hear about that today, Fiona. It's been lovely. The community has been so open and I know that won't happen everywhere, which makes me sad, but it, it's small things that you can change. And I think for those small things, if if then it just keeps building on that, um, that's what's really important. And I do have to say that even within the Autism Network, that having those different opinions was really important for that. Um, and I think that's what wellbeing is about. It's about sharing. It's about sharing your own load when you can with people you trust. Well, thank you for sharing with us today, Fiona. It's been really fabulous hearing uh, from you and I think a really important podcast for us to be thinking about our well-being. So thank you. Thank you, Kerry. I've really appreciated telling my story. <laughs> See you soon. Bye-bye. Fiona summed up her thoughts about well-being in terms of sharing, sharing with each other and sharing the load. Fiona highlighted how important it was that she and her husband, Neil, worked together as a team. They brought different qualities to their partnership, 
but made sure they were on the same page so there was some consistency between them for their children. She said they focused on learning and understanding as a family. They kept communication at the forefront, communication between each other, with their children and with the professionals they sought support from. The professionals they worked with were clearly important, but Fiona also talked about the importance of family and friends as part of their support network. The community played an enormous role in the well-being of all members of the family. I thought it was really interesting to hear Fiona talk about how these relationships have set the children up for their future, now they're young adults. And wasn't it great to hear Fiona talk with such honesty about the simplicity of having time each Saturday by herself, quiet time in the house to get things back in order and recharge. These simple things are different for us all, but contribute enormously to our well-being. There are many supports that can be helpful when thinking about family well-being. Some of the reputable places to check out include the Association for Children with a Disability if your child has a developmental delay or disability, or a maze if your child has autism. And more generally, the Raising Children Network provides ad-free parenting videos, articles and apps backed by Australian experts. And Beyond Blue has resources and support for people's mental health. Lastly, the Carer Gateway has a broad range of emotional and practical services and supports for carers. Thank you for listening and take care. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Early Childhood Intervention Family Voices. Make sure you subscribe on your podcast app and feel free to leave a review to help us gain more understanding of what type of conversations are helpful to you. More information about this podcast can be found on ekiavik.org.au. Until next time, thank you for listening.